Good morning, Holland Chapel. My name is Todd. I'm one of the pastors here, and I'm glad to be with you uh, worshiping on this Sunday morning as always. Uh, so, here we go. Mother's Day. Did you know that mama elephants endure a 22-month pregnancy only to give birth to a 200-pound baby? Momming ain't easy. Did you know that mama cheetahs spend the first two years of their, their little one's life teaching them how to hunt and not be eaten? Momming ain't easy. Did you know that mama orangutans build a new nest every night and will nurse their little ones till they're six or seven years old? Momming ain't easy. Did you know that mom's made in the image of God? Mom's made in the image of God. Uh, someone told me just this morning, uh, a, a farmer's work is son to son, but a mama's work is never done. We could go on and on about all that moms do, but we'll just say this, momming ain't easy. Momming is not easy. Billy Graham uh, said, only God himself fully appreciates the influence of a Christian mother in the molding of character in her children. Moms have a great responsibility. The greatest responsibility for moms, dads, uh, other guardians is to take their kids to Jesus. Our mission here at Holland Chapel is helping people find and follow Jesus. And that includes our kids. Our, our, our mission includes helping our kids find and follow Jesus. Jesus. Uh, so today, that's going to be the focus of our message, and I'm going to lean into the Word of God and a few things that I learned in Singapore. And I've never been to Singapore, so let's get into the Word of God. Matthew chapter 19. Matthew chapter 19. Uh, we're going to read verses 13 through 15. We're going to look at this passage, but then we're going to spend most of our time in uh, uh, another passage from the Old Testament. So we're going to look at this just to kind of introduce this idea of taking kids to Jesus. Matthew chapter 19. We're going to begin in verse 13. Scripture will be on the screen. You can find it in your copies as well. One day, some parents brought their children to Jesus so he could lay his hands on them and pray for them. But the disciples scolded the parents for bothering him. But Jesus said, let the little children come to me. Do not stop them, for the kingdom of heaven belongs to those who are like these children. And he placed his hands on their heads and blessed them before he left. So, these moms and dads were bringing that Jesus was in town. Jesus was in town. Crowds were coming around and people were listening to him. People were being healed by him. These moms and dads are like, we got to get our kids close to Jesus. And so they're taking their kids up to be near Jesus. But the disciples are like, no, 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 no. Jesus ain't got time for that. Uh, he's got much more important things to do, more important people to talk to. And Jesus stepped in and said, no, let those kids come to me. Picked them up, he held them, he prayed for them, blessed them, and sent them on their way. Parents were bringing their kids to Jesus. And what we want to just stop and think about for just a moment right here is, uh, you may not be a little kid, uh, but this morning you may have been like, I just need God. What's going on in my life, uh, the, the mess I'm in, I just need God. And it's as simple as this. Kids, they didn't bring anything to the table. Others didn't think they were important, but Jesus thought they were important. And Jesus thinks each of you, each of us is important, and he will give just as he gave those kids 
his time. He will give us his time. He'll hold us and he'll love us. And so if you're saying, I need God now, it's as simple as just coming to him and letting him love on you. Now, the primary responsibility of moms and parents in general, guardians, is helping your kids find and follow Jesus. The church can help with that. Now, it's not the church's primary role. It's the family's primary responsibility, but the church can help with that. We've got HC kids, uh, and, 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 and they are reinforcing what's being taught at home. Uh, th- th- they are, are helping introduce our kids to Jesus and teaching them about, about God and about his word. We've got HCSM, our student ministry, reinforcing what's being taught at home, uh, teaching kids about Jesus and about how to follow him in the real world. Uh, talked to a couple from the church who has grown kids who, who are continuing in the faith, continuing to worship Jesus Christ. And I asked them, I said, uh, when, when you had those kids at home, uh, before they were grown, before they were adults with their own families, when you had them at home, what did the church do that was most helpful for you? Uh, was it a class? Uh, was it a resource? And they said, really, it was just having other families going through it with us, other families at the same time. So we've got HC small groups here where families can connect with other families who are going through the same stuff in the same life stages with them, helping reinforce what's being taught at home as our desire is that our kids would come to Jesus. Uh, a few weeks ago, I was uh, leaving work and, 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 and I got home from work at the end of the day and I, I walk in the door and Debbie, my wife, uh, she walks into the room and she's got this big smile on her face. Uh, you're like, yeah, doesn't she do that every day when you get home? No, she doesn't. <laughs> but, but she's got a big smile on her face and she says, has Kaysen told you what's happened, what, what happened to him at school today? Uh, and I, I, I said, no, I hadn't heard. And, but, but knowing my second son, Kaysen, and, and seeing the smile on her face, I thought, oh, this is going to be good. And so by that time, Kaysen walks in and, and I said, all right, spill it. Tell me what happened at school. And he said, all right. And he had a big grin on his face he couldn't contain. And he said, so we were in shop class, and we were working on building, uh, building this thing, and, and we were working with, like, super glue and stuff. And after a, a moment, I was working trying to put these pieces together, and I noticed that, that this object we were working on was glued to my fingers. And so then he started trying to work with it to get it off. And then he, he noticed that, that it was glued to his whole hand now. <laughs> and so he went and got the teacher. And the teacher came over there, and they were like, oh, no. And so one student grabbed the object that was glued to his entire hand. And the teacher grabbed Kaysen, and they started pulling against each other. And it took a minute, but they separated it off. Uh, if you've got kids, you've got sticky stories like that. You've got bubble gum in the hair. You've got, you don't know what stuck in the carpet. You've got sticky stories, though. And as we're thinking about taking our kids to Jesus, we want to pass on a sticky faith. We want to take them to Jesus, but we want them to stick with Jesus. We want that sticking as they get older, as they leave the house. We want them continuing to follow Jesus. Come on, right? True that? Yes. All right. So, Shema. Shema is Hebrew, which means hear or listen. And it's a passage of scripture that we're about to look at in just a moment that's, that's titled uh, the Shema. Last Sunday, we started a new series, Lessons from the Wilderness. 
And at the end of the 40-year journey that we're going to be studying that Israel was on in the, in the wilderness, at the end of that journey, there's a passage called the Shema. It's in Deuteronomy 6. So you can go ahead and be turning there in your, in your, in your copies of the Bible. The scriptures will be on the screen in just a moment. But it's in Deuteronomy 6, and Moses, who's right at the end of his life, because he's not going to be permitted to enter the land of Canaan, the land that God has promised him. Moses is right at the end of his life, and he's addressing the nation of Israel. He's addressing the new generation, because the first generation that had left Egypt, had left bondage in Egypt, they... They struggled with, with unbelief and not trusting God, and so they lived and they were dying in the wilderness. The new generation is getting ready now, at the end of this 40 years, to enter the land of Canaan. So Moses is giving them instruction on how to maintain their faith generation after generation after generation. And that's pretty applicable to us as we're talking about having a sticky faith uh, that sticks with our kids and their kids and their kids. So Deuteronomy chapter 6, we're going to begin in verse 4. Listen, O Israel. The Lord is our God, the Lord alone. And you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your strength. And you must commit yourselves wholeheartedly to these commands that I'm giving you today. Repeat them again and again to your children. Talk about them when you are at home and when you are on the road, when you are going to bed and when you are getting up. Tie them to your hands and wear them on your forehead as reminders. Write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. That is the word of the Lord. Uh, let's pray. Father in heaven, thank you for your word that you've given to us, which we believe is useful for teaching us, for training us to follow you. Bless your word now. Holy Spirit, please open our eyes, open our hearts to see the wonderful things that are in it. In the name of Jesus, amen. So we're going to be breaking down this Deuteronomy passage in, in two sections. And, and the, the first part, we're going to see that relational parenting is key to passing on a sticky faith. Relational parenting is key to passing on a sticky faith. Let's look back at those first two verses from this, verse 4 and verse 5. Listen, O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord alone. And you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your strength. So right at the beginning, he says, look, Israel, we're talking about uh, passing on faith. We're talking about, uh, we're talking about generation after generation. Right at the very beginning, it's, it, God's, God says, look, is Israel, know that there is one God that you worship and him alone. Your allegiance is to be to only him. And then the scripture says, and you're to love him with everything you got. An overflowing love. All that you got to him alone. So the, the first part of this, uh, the first part of relational parenting for us is about having 
an authentic relationship with Christ, one where our allegiance is clearly with Christ, where we are worshiping him alone and where we love him with all that we've got. A few weeks ago, we were in our work and family series and talking about the family, we, we, we said, you know, uh, our, our kids, they can see straight through fake fruit. They can see straight through just us walking through the motions and not having a sincere love for God. They, 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 we're not fooling them. And so the, the first thing is we've, we've, we've got to have an authentic relationship with Christ. We've got to love him with all that we've got. A question that we could ask is who or what? is Lord of my life. Who or what am I worshiping? Who or what am I loving with all my heart, with all my soul, with all of my strength? Because sometimes there are other who's in our life. Sometimes there are other what's that get placed at the top, that get given prominence in our lives. And that is not worshiping the Lord alone when we're allowing someone or something else to be placed above him. A couple of uh, uh, things that can help us see who or what is Lord of our lives, uh, or a few things. Uh, the first is daily habits. Our daily habits will give us an indication of, of what we're worshiping or who we're worshiping. Uh, Pete Maravich, also known as Pistol Pete Maravich, uh, one of the great basketball players of all time. He's in the, 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 the Basketball Hall of Fame, set all sorts of scoring records. Uh, Pete Maravich uh, retired in 1980 from the NBA, and he was not a follower of Christ. And he spent a couple of years searching for really the meaning of life. Jesus Christ found him and, and saved him, and he became a passionate follower of Jesus in just a few years, and, and, and actually just a few years after that, uh, he died. Uh, he, he, was, uh, he, he began speaking of his faith to Christ, and he had got on a plane from his home in Louisiana and flown to California, um, or excuse me, I think Colorado, had, had flown there, and he was going to be speaking uh, on the radio program Focus on the Family uh, with James Dobson. And he got there, and they were playing a pickup basketball game, and he, he died. He had an undetected heart defect. Uh, but he had a couple of young kids at that time. And before he got on that plane and, and went to speak on that radio program uh, in, the, in the 80s, uh, his son had, had gotten up that morning and had walked into his dad's office and saw Pete Maravich sitting at his desk with his Bible open, having devotions, reading God's word and spending, spending time in prayer with God. And that's the last thing that his son saw his dad doing was reading and praying, spending time with God. Our daily habits will give a pretty good indication of who or what is Lord of our life. And so you could ask yourself, are my daily habits uh, or is my time in the Word, is, is my prayer time, is, is what I do on a regular basis, does it reflect that Jesus is Lord of my life and that I love Him with everything I got? Uh, another thing is communication. 
communication. And, and that could be the language, language that we use. And I'm not talking English or Spanish, uh, but the words that we use, uh, the tone that we use to speak, especially when we're at home with our kids, uh, with our families, uh, the conversation topics, those things that we talk about because we talk about what we love. We talk about what we love. Uh, you have different hobbies, different interests, and you know what? You, you, if you think about it, you're like, yeah, I end up talking to my buddies. I end up talking to other pe people, and, and I get excited when we bring up those different topics, those different things. We talk about what we love, and so what, what are the things that you talk about, and do they reflect that something else is Lord of your life or that Jesus Christ is Lord of your life? And then a third thing is passions. And that is, what do we get excited about? What, in, what, 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 what are we enthused by? Do we just show up uh, for church, just going through the motions, checking, checking it off the box? Or are we really excited to, to get to worship God with others? Are we really excited to get to, to use our gifts and serve in different ministries? Because our, our kids can see if we're passionate about it or not. And a lot of times, things that we're passionate about, you end up passing that on to your kids. And, 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 and if you think about your moms and your dads in the past and things that, that maybe they were interested in, maybe even careers, well, you find yourself, hey, I'm in a similar, uh, I'm in a similar career. Uh, I, I, like, I have similar interests because we pass on those things that, that we're passionate about, that we love, that we're excited about. And so do your kids see that you're passionate and excited about following Christ? They're going to follow what we do, not what we say. Uh, Christianity is caught, not taught. Uh, there's a, well, I'll tell you this. So uh, when I was growing up here at Holland Chapel, uh, some of you were my Bible teachers uh, in like the kids ministry and stuff. And, and my parents were actually a couple of my Bible teachers at different, uh, at different ages. But I can't remember any of the Bible lessons they taught me. However, I can remember things that I saw and observed in them. And, and I learned compassion and service to others by watching my mom. I learned integrity and a reverence for God by observing my dad. Listen to this anonymous, uh, anonymous uh, poem. Um, and, and this is, uh, if, if you like, kind of the history of preaching and, and there was a time where, okay, three points in a poem. Well, here's your poem. I don't have three points today, but here's your poem. I saw you stand bravely through the years and saw no sign of senseless fears. I saw you stand quietly through the stress and saw no glimpse of bitterness. I saw you stand prayerfully in grief and saw no sign of unbelief. Though you spoke well of Jesus Christ, I caught your faith by watching your life. Relational parenting's rooted in having an authentic relationship with the Almighty God. The second part of that is we want to have a healthy relationship with our kids. Uh, we don't want a distant relationship to be a roadblock to their faith. Just because we're not close to them, just because we don't get along, you know, mother, father, uh, child. We don't want that to be something that turns them away and say, well, I don't want anything to do with that because I can't stand mom or dad. Uh, so uh, a few things that might help us in having a healthy relationship with our kids. Number one is be present. 
spend a lot of time together, uh, get to the school concert, uh, sit down for the family dinner, be present, spend lots of time together. A uh, second thing is listen well, uh, give them space to bring up anything, including questions and, and doubts about faith. We want our kids questioning and, and raising doubts about faith while, while they're still under our influence as opposed to once they're, they're gone. And so leave an open, open door to, to ask tough questions like, how, how do we really know Jesus existed? How do we really know that he was raised from the dead? Uh, listen, uh, uh, their questions about how faith might, might impact the, their life and what they're, they're going through. But, but hear what's going on. And the third thing is have fun. Uh, and that will help a healthy relationship. Uh, Kurt Bruner uh, wrote the book, It Starts at Home. And it's uh, w- one of the video Bible series that's on uh, Right Now Media. And I know at least one of our small groups went through that this past year. Uh, it Starts at Home. And uh, he, in preparing uh, for that and, and working with families uh, for many years, said he had studied families who had uh, adult children who were who had sticky faith. They were continuing to follow Jesus. Uh, The parents, when they were little, took them to Jesus, and the kids stuck with Jesus now, uh, even as they have their own families. And he said the the one common denominator in those families with grown kids who were still following Christ was that they enjoyed one another. When they were were at home, they enjoyed one another. They laughed together. They smiled together. They enjoyed being with each other. And I know sometimes if you've got kids, I'm right in the middle of myself. And sometimes you're like, we don't, we're not really enjoying one another. So we get that. We get that. Sometimes it's tough. Uh, but but the healthy relationships. All right. Now we're going to move on to the second part of this Shema passage. And, and we're going to see that intentional parenting is key to passing on a sticky faith. So the relational side of it, have an authentic relationship with Christ. Love him with all of your heart, all of your soul, all of your strength. And now the intentional side of this, passing on this faith. And so we're going to pick up reading in verse 6. And you must commit yourselves wholeheartedly to these commands that I'm giving you today. Repeat them again and again and again and again and again to your children. Talk about them when you are at home and when you are on the road, when you are going to bed and when you are getting up. Tie them to your hands and wear them on your forehead as reminders. Write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. And we're like, whoa, (laughs) that's a lot of again and again. In, In other words, though, with this passage, the emphasis is talk about God all the time. Talk about God. Talk about his word in, in, in the morning and in the evenings. Talk about God and about his word uh, uh, over dinner. And, and, and talk about him in all different circumstances. Uh, talk, talk about how God connects to, to what's going on in the world, uh, to world situations. Talk about how faith connects to, uh, to, to things that are going on in our nation uh, that, that, that is getting media coverage. Talk about how our faith uh, connects to, 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 to music, to, to movies that we watch. Talk about God. Talk about his word all the time and how it connects to all different aspects of life. 
Not just Sunday morning, not just during if you have like a devotional time with your family. That's great if you do. If you don't have a set devotional time with your family, that, that's great. That's great too because the, the importance is just to talk about God all the time. And, 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 and so it's not just on a Sunday morning. It's not just on a Wednesday evening, but it's on the way to the ball game. And this, 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 this takes some planning sometimes. Parents, as you're thinking about, okay, we're, we're on the way to watch a ball game. We're on the way to play, a ball, to play a ball game. How can we talk about Christ? How can we talk about the scripture and how it connects to this activity that we're doing? That's going to require some planning on your part. Uh, to, to be prepared for that. Um, but but talk, talk about God on the way to the, the ball game, uh, how it relates to things that are going on in the world. And so you've got to pay attention uh, and, okay, what are the kids, what are my kids, what, what are they being exposed to, what are they hearing, what big event going on in the world right now is, is really on their mind. Maybe, maybe it's scaring them. Uh, maybe it's just that all the kids are talking about it. And, okay, what is it? And then how can we have a conversation about that and how Christ and faith connects to that. So it's going to require some planning on our parts, but it's worth the work. Now, this doesn't happen by accident. That's why we said intentional, not accidental parenting, intentional parenting. It doesn't happen by accident. You don't accidentally repeat these commands again and again, as the Scripture says. You don't accidentally talk about them when you're at home and when you're on the road. You don't accidentally tie them to your hands and wear them on your forehead. Uh, you don't accidentally uh, write them on your doorposts and on your gates. That has to be intentional to be talking about that and to have the, the, the Word of God a regular part of, of communication, a regular part of your life. Uh, you don't want to be saying... Parents, as, as your kids get into middle school, as they get into high school, as they graduate and leave the house, you don't want to be saying, whoops, we forgot to do that. There's a lot of other people that you don't want to hear say, whoops. Uh, you don't want to hear your barber say, whoops. Uh, you don't want to hear that lady that's inking the tattoo on your arm to say, whoops. Uh, and, and there are others as well. Uh, but moms, dads, when your kid gets 18, you don't want to say, whoops, never told them my faith story and how I came to faith in Christ. You don't want your child going off to college and saying, whoops, I never taught them how to study the Bible. I just assumed the church would do that. No, remember, it's not the church's role. It's the parents' response, primary responsibility. Uh, whoops, I never taught them how to study the Bible. Whoops, as, as they're going off and they're making life decisions, we never talked about how, how, to, how, how, how Christ is involved in making life decisions that are going to shape where they live, who they live with, what they do how they view life, their world perspective. We never talked about how faith in Christ affects that. We never talked about how to make good moral choices. Uh, parents, we cannot coast. We've, we've got to be intentional in this. And so we don't want to be saying whoops. And so instead, let's make specific action steps. And this is something, if you're in the middle of it right now, that you can be thinking, okay, yeah, what are some action steps for where our kids are right now, 
the ages they're at right now, what are some specific action steps that we can put in place so that we're not, you know, just doing this by accident and just hoping that it all works out, hoping that they catch uh, their faith. If, if, if you want them protected, sheltered from, from evil, uh, what boundaries can you put in place? What boundaries? If, if, if you want them grounded in God's word, when are you going to you know, sit down with them and, 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 and start studying God's word with them? If, if you want them to have a passion for the lost, are you going to invite them to come and pray for unchurched friends and family with you? If, if you're wanting to build that healthy relationship with your kids, are you planning a, a family night, scheduling a vacation? How are you on purpose going to demonstrate your faith before your kids? Or are you going to do your devotional time you know, at, the, at the dining room table so that they might, they might interrupt it? but they also might see their mom or their dad studying God's word. What specific action steps can you put in place to help your kids catch your faith? Now, our mission at Holland Chapel, again, is helping people find and follow Jesus, and that includes our kids. The church wants to encourage and support that. HC Kids, they've got the, if you've got one, little ones in, the, in, in HC Kids uh, down the sidewalk there, uh, they've, they've got the, the parent resource wall set up with books and other tools and resources that you can use in your home. Take advantage of that stuff. Ultimately, though, we are asking God. We're bringing our kids to Jesus, and we're asking God to love them. We're asking God to save their soul. We're asking God to, to work in them a real passionate faith. And so these are things that we're going to do uh, intentionally, the relational side, the intentional side, but we are ultimately asking God and relying on God for this sticky faith. And so as we kind of close out this time, what we're going to do is we're going to have a guided time of prayer. It's going to be really simple, uh, this, this prayer time. And uh, uh, what I'm going to ask is you can pray alone uh, where, you, where you're at. Uh, if you're sitting with your family, you can huddle up with your family and you can pray out loud as, as we do this. But we're, we're just going to pray through the Deuteronomy passage. Some, that's something that you can do every day is just pray Scripture. As you read Scripture, then whatever God brings to mind as you're reading that, then just pray that and talk about that to God. And so we're just going to do that together in this corporate setting. And so we've read Deuteronomy 6, 4 through 9, the Shema. And what we're going to do now, as it's made us think about things like an authentic relationship with Christ and loving him with everything that we've got, as it's made us think about things like being intentional and talking about him and his commands in the morning and in the evening. So as it's made us think about that, we're going to now pray and talk to God about those things. And so where you're at, alone uh, or, uh, or with your family, uh, just want you to, to start praying. And, and the first part of this, it's just two parts, is relational. And so if you will now, just thinking about that relational side, thinking about having an authentic, passionate uh, relationship with Christ, uh, thinking about having healthy relationship with your kids, 
And maybe you don't have kids, uh, and, and that's great. Pray for these other families that are in the church during this time. Uh, pray for healthy relationships between moms and dads and kids. Uh, pray, for, uh, pray for authentic relationships uh, that kids can catch and, and really see. Uh, but spend a moment praying about the relational side of this sticky faith. continuing to pray and we're asking God to put his loving arms around our kids and around the next generation and some of you uh, you're not just thinking about your your own kids but your teachers your coaches and you're thinking about about the students that you work with uh, every day you're thinking about their families as well uh, now we're thinking about that intentional side of this passage of scripture where we're talking about God, we're talking about his commands in the mornings, in the evenings. We're, we're writing them on our doorposts and on our gates. And just God's word is a regular part of our lives. Uh, why don't you pray now and, 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 and think about asking God what specific action steps can we take in our home now that will help this sticky faith? What specific things can we do? Uh, won't you pray for other moms and dads and pray that God would give them boldness and an and intentional mindset uh, to be active and not passive with their children?
Almighty God, as we look at your word this morning and we see Jesus taking time for kids, loving kids, blessing kids, we say thank you for your incredible love uh, that invites us all to come like children, bringing nothing to the table, but just coming, looking to you, trusting you, believing you. God, help us to have a love that is fully devoted to you with all of our heart, with everything that we've got because you first loved us. And God, as we think about our families, I pray for the moms and the dads that are here. Pray that you would give them boldness, give them courage, give them the focus, give them the perseverance to model an authentic relationship and to pass on a sincere faith. God, we pray for the young children that are here. We pray for our older students. And we pray and ask that wherever they're at, their journey that God you would draw their hearts close to you and you would keep their hearts close to you that you would work in them to will and to accomplish your good purposes in them and through them and would use them as influencers as world changers In the name of Jesus, amen.